the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you been trying to save money lately? Turns out going old school could be just the trick that you need to save money. More than half of Americans say switching to cash only Mm. helps them save money. (laughs) And Gen Z is the most likely to agree. There's a perception that cash is disappearing, but more and more young people have learned that it gives them a tangible way to see where their money is going. Yeah. My sister, when she and her husband got married, they did. Have you ever heard of the envelope system? Oh, yeah. Like you cash your paycheck and this envelope's for groceries and this envelope's for coffee and this one's for entertainment. And when the envelope's empty, you don't spend the money and there's no more money left to spend. I wind up the, for whatever's going on in my money psycho- psychology brain. Mm-hmm. I wind up going like, well, I don't want to spend my cash. <laughs> <laughs> As if the credit card's right. not real money. I like having a 20 in my pocket, so I'll just use the cart. So I wind up spending more. At least that's, that's how it works with me anyway. Hey, have you had a stranger jump in to help you at, at one point in your life? Coming oh, up, yeah. you are going to love this random act of kindness. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Have you ever had a stranger show you a random act of kindness? So touching, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it was raining when a customer at a restaurant in Ireland headed home in his wheelchair. It's pouring down rain. So the bartender, his name is Frankie, he's like, I got you. He goes and removes one of the giant umbrellas from the outdoor eating area. You know, the kind that's supposed to shield you from the sun. Yeah. And walks Frankie home. (laughs) <laughs> the umbrella is ginormous, so it covers both of them, no problem. And what what a kind gesture. Everyone is so touched by Frankie going above and beyond to help somebody out. Wow. She's <laughs> not going to let, hey, I don't have an umbrella, neither do you. Do you have anybody have an umbrella? I know. We've got tables full of umbrellas outside. Could have people showing up. I'd like to take advantage of your walk you home service, please. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things my wife and I did while we were on our vacation is we went we went to a seafood place and I watched the lady walk by with a big tray of oysters for a couple sitting next to us mm-hmm. and they're slurping them down and I sat there and I thought, gee, I wonder who the first person ever, like in the history of the world, to crack one of those babies open and go. I'm going to eat this. Based on my opinion of oysters, it had to be someone stranded on an island. Probably. (laughs) And there was nothing else. But let's talk about this. The first person to ever blank. We're going to talk about it next. My wife and I went out for seafood uh, while we were on vacation and tray of oysters goes by. And I thought, wow, I wonder who the first person ever to crack one of those babies open. I'm talking like since the dawn of time and go, I'm going to eat this. (laughs) Same thing's true with me and Trace. We got steamed crabs. Those things, are, they're, I mean, you think about it, they're pretty ugly. Oh, yeah, they're scary who, looking. Who decided, I'm going to catch those, steam them or boil them, and eat them? I tell you, it's someone who was stranded on an island. I'm, personally, I'm, glad they, I'm glad they did, because they're delicious and wonderful, and I love steamed crabs. Not an oyster fan, but I love steamed crabs. So here's the idea. What do you sit and look at and think, huh, 
Bet the first person to ever try that was surprised or wonder why they tried that for the first time. I mean, the list is endless of Mm. stuff that we just take for granted that we consume that somebody had to be the first person. Oh, you want to do it all food? Not other things? It could be other things, but food is the obvious one. Okay. I mean, think of like some of the things in the grocery store you don't think twice about, but upon further reflection, you're grateful for the first person that ever tried it. Who was the first person who ever made a Twinkie? <laughs> and what did it look like back in the day? Funny you should ask. It was Mr. Twinkie. No. <laughs> when the world was black and white. <laughs> so what is it for you? Like you look at it, like think of like mushrooms. There was a lot of there was a lot of trial and error with those, right? Oh, oh! <laughs> now we want to keep this positive. <laughs> Don't go there. Who was the first person that ate mushrooms and then told their, you know, their their buddy, "Hey, you should go try some too." And they grabbed the wrong ones. And then you're just sitting it's there, not like, good. Wonder what happened to Bill? <laughs> he ate the wrong mushrooms. The first person that ever blank. Give us a call. Kelly, the first person to eat what? Pig feet. Pig's feet. (laughs) Especially if you've seen where they've been walking. (laughs) Hey, Dom, we're talking about the first person that ever blanked. What is it for you? The first person to milk a cow. (laughs) (laughs) We're the first person that churned butter. Yeah. That's pretty weird, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying, mm-hmm. how did they get up under the cow? Because at the time, they must have been wild, right? Just roaming the right. prairie. Yeah. Right. How did you subdue I'm it? i squeeze that. And did it to sit still. <laughs> well, you did milk that thing. Crazy. Good one. How do you think people are going to remember you someday? I went and recently went and saw my mom and dad. They live in my hometown of Jupiter, Florida. Same house. That they moved into when I was in third grade. Wow, she grew I up. I still in live this there. House. Yeah, it's so weird to go back, you know, because like so many memories in those four walls. But um, my dad will forever be known as I think the the fisher of men. He loves to tell people about Jesus, and uh, I it was it came out again. When I was there, he his brain is definitely getting a little more fuzzy. My dad has MS, mm-hmm. and at this point in his the progression of the disease is kind of like he is a quadriplegic. Like he can't feed himself, or if he has a if his glasses fall down on his nose, he's got to ask someone Push to him put him up. back up. Mm. Um, and so the infamous story is he met our show consultant who consults Christian radio stations all over the country, Christian radio stations, and the first thing he says to him is. Do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? <laughs> that is my dad. He's going to make sure. And um, so his body is breaking down, but his brain has definitely gotten just a tiny fuzzy. And we don't know because he's on so many medications for the disease. Mm. We don't know if it's the medications or if it's a little bit of dementia or whatever. But when he prays now, it's the funniest combination of like, he starts as a prayer, then it kind of flips to a sermon, then it goes back to a prayer, and then it might even go to like a very specific like Sunday school Bible story. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, I think the food's getting cold. <laughs> but it, he's still... You're in for the long haul when he starts You are, praying. yeah. But he mm. is still so passionate about his faith, and it gives him so much hope because... Really, all my dad can do at this point is lay in that bed all day Mm -hmm. or sit in his chair 
And um, and I just can't imagine life being like that. But yet he still has so much joy. He's got that sparkle in his eye. He flirts with my mom. He tells his dad jokes. Hmm. Like it's really beautiful to see. And it's it's inspiration, I think, for everybody who meets him. Yeah. Uh, but we, we worked really hard to try and make him feel special for his birthday. I said, Dad, I'm leaving for the grocery store. I'm going to go get all the ingredients for your birthday cake. He goes, what kind? <laughs> and I said, chocolate. He goes... And he gets a little childlike, I think, because of the disease. He goes, the kind with birthday candles on it. <laughs> and I said, Dad, I'm glad you said something. I might have forgotten the candles. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Do you want the number of your birthday or you want just one ginormous one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a great time with him. So uh, my wife and I, we have four kids. And uh, this isn't a new scenario in our house. But there is there is a budding romance happening at our home, I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you who's who's the object of someone's affection. Coming up next, mm. as a dad, anytime there's a budding romance at my house, we have four kids. I'm always, you know, my radar's up. I'm on full attention, full alert. I am so dying to hear this because you didn't tell us about any breakups. Mm. So therefore, mm-hmm. you're like we're so out of the loop right now because everyone in your family had a significant other already. This one involves the little girl next door and our dog Marco. Little girl oh. next door is a dog. <laughs> and my neighbor Amy was telling me that they have a bay window in the back, uh-huh. and their little dog sits in the window and she waits for Marco to come out every day. Aww. Like she said, the other dogs will come out and she just sits there. She does nothing. When Marco comes out, she starts whining and crying, like, let me out, let me out, let me out. And she runs outside. Oh, but what does Artessa think about this? Because they already had this little romance, this two dogs. I don't think Artessa's aware. I don't think she's aware. Oh, and, she and would the, not be the, happy. The funny thing is, um, when their dog runs out, they can't see each other because we have a like an eight foot high fence. Mm-hmm. But she knows Marco's out there. I want to be out there. And she Aww. said she only when she sees Marco standing on the deck or whatever or in the backyard, which they can see from their bay window, she goes crazy. Like, let me out, let me out, let me out. Marco's out there. All the other four dogs, nothing. When the Marco's our fifth dog, when he goes out, You goes should out. let them play in the yard sometime, the two of them. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, yeah, he's fixed. That wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take any risks, but I, yeah, I figured. Isn't that the sweetest thing? Enough? That's so cute. I told Tracy, because I, I always talk about Marco and say, like, he's the... He is God's perfect dog. And I'm like, he's his his attractiveness knows no bounds. <laughs> knows no bounds. It's not just humans that are affected by his awesome smiling face. It's the little dog next door, too. You probably heard we have a new national spelling bee winner. Okay. But did you know this winner made history? And we're going to see if you can spell the winning word. <laughs> just a minute. <laughs> You may have heard the big news that we have a new National Spelling Bee winner. I did not know that. I didn't know that was going on. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. A 14-year-old from Louisiana became the first African-American to win the National Spelling Bee. if you grow up spelling Louisiana, what can't you spell? Seriously. Zyla Avant-Garde from uh, New Orleans won $50,000 and bragging rights. Nice. What's pretty cool is she's like just such a go-getter. She holds three world records for dribbling multiple basketballs simultaneously. No kidding. Yeah, she did that before ninth grade. <laughs> and spelling uh, Louisiana. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, she hopes to become a professional basketball player one day. But I thought it might be fun to see if you can spell 
the winning word. <laughs> okay. And it's Mariah, and it's a type of tree. And what's really cute is Zyla, when she asked it, she said, uh, does this contain like the English word Murray, which would be the name of a comedian? Referring to Bill Murray, You're allowed to ask that. I guess so. Like she ga- she ga- she began to spell it, stopped herself, and then asked for the language of origin, and uh, she got it. Was the winning huh. word first African American ever to win the before national I spelling bee? Spell it. Could you use it in a sentence, please? Um, let's see. Uh, it's a citrus tree. And everyone, so... everyone listening along, this is the word we're trying to spell together. Okay. Um, I need to go trim my Maria so it will produce more. Fruit. Now you pronounce it differently. You said Maria. Mar- Is it Maria or Mariah? Uh, I think it's 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 Maria. <laughs> See, it's now Maria. you throw me off because I was just going to spell it like Mariah Carey, the singer. No, because okay, about, so that's wrong. Okay, you just think about what what Zalia asked when she wanted to spell it correctly about the comedian. M U R R. Say it again. Mariah. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, sorry. Mariah, Not Mariah, Mariah Carey. Okay, M-U-R-R-A-E. All right, let's go to the actual audio from the National Spelling Bee. Okay. The word is Maria. Maria. M-U-R-R-A-Y-A. That is correct. <laughs> I would have had you said it that way, I would have spelled it that way. I would way. have said Maria. Maria, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now it sounds like Maria. Maria. <laughs> Listen, you didn't even say it close to what that guy's. Listen. The word is Maria. He said Maria. You said Maria. Maria. And he said Maria. All right, Taylor. SpongeBob Smarty Pants over there with your Me? little spelling bee. Spon- SpongeBob Spelling Pants. Only because I was the one holding the word. Right. Well, I'm going to yeah. give you. These are a couple of the. I found a list of the most. Some of the easiest, most misspelled words. And oh let's see boy. if you can spell oh these. No. Okay. 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 Right. I'm nervous. Definitely. D E. I'm so much better if I write it. Go ahead. But while, while you're Def. writing it down, mm-hmm. let's hear it. D E F I N I T E L Y. Nicely done. Sincerely. S I N C E R E L Y. Excellent. And then the last one for you a lot. A lot? Mm-hmm. Is that a word? How do you spell I a thought lot? it was two words. Oh, you got that one. I get that <laughs> wrong all the time. Spell check gets me all the time. Oh, really? That. And then I look it up and like, wasn't well, there a, a spelling of it with it all together? And there's not. <laughs> yeah. We've all made that up. But that, that goes like the I before E except after C. Mm-hmm. That does not work. Not always. There's no. a famous meme. It says, except when your foreign neighbor Keith receives eight counterfeit beige sleighs from feisty caffeinated weightlifters. Weird. <laughs> All those words that's are, cool. violate that yeah, yeah. rule because that's one that always got me. It just does uh. not work. Have you ever been to the replica of Noah's Ark? It's in Kentucky. Check out what they're building on, uh, adding on to Ark Encounter. They are going to build off of the top deck a giant water slide. Oh, they should do that. <laughs> kind of like when you like they show the video of the plane, of you know the little rafts that come out of a plane to slide down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, think about what Bible story. What structure would they build from a Bible story? It's Old Testament. I'll give you that hint. So they got Noah's Ark. Okay. They're going to build the Tower of Babel. 
<laughs> they okay. raised private funds to build the ARC back in 2016. That's cool. ARC encounter attendance is picking up after the pandemic lull uh, with up to 7,000 visitors on Saturdays. No kidding. To the ARC encounter. Wow. Yeah. They should sell an ARC experience where you have to stay on it for 40 days. <laughs> and it could be, oh my gosh. Okay, another million dollar idea. You guys are witnessing it happening. They film a reality show on the r- replica arc mm. of 40 people, and they got to wear like, you know, burlap robes and All sandals, animals. and they have a whole bunch of animals on there they got to take care of. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? I love it instead of Big Brother. Is that what it's called? The yeah. house yeah, that which, you and your wife watch? Which, by the way, just started back um, up and we're completely hooked already. The, the arc. Yes. Yes. And it, wow. and it would have to be relatives, <laughs> just, no, like the, no. just like the Ark. <laughs> I would probably watch See, that show. I would, too. Just I'm for totally the animal in. encounters. I'm totally in. Somebody get Roma Downey's husband on the line. Doesn't yeah. he like Mr. Reality Show? Forget Survivor. Forget Big Brother. Put a bunch of family members on an Ark together and tell them they got to stay there for 40 days. Wait a minute. You know what? I just invented COVID quarantine. It's not going to work. <laughs> we all already did that. Well, the animals. There's more animals on the ark than there are in your house. Coming up, how different is your parenting style compared to your mom and dad? How different is your parenting style compared to your mom and dad when you were growing up? According to a brand new survey, there's a huge difference between parents of kids under 16 Compared to parents with kids over the age of 30. If your kids are under 16, you tend to think a bit of mischief is good for mental health and you prefer a play and joke style of parenting. If your kids are over 30, your focus was more on respect for elders, chores around the house, and you didn't think it was important to be friends with your kids. And I'm wondering if there's a big difference or maybe some old souls old parenting styles with people who live who listen to the Kevin and Taylor show. Hmm. Uh, I have a list of exactly what the two different styles of parenting supposedly according to the survey Ooh, okay. uh, that I can give you in just a minute go into a little more detail. Well, we'd love to hear from you too. Let's talk about this. So we're talking about parenting styles. Is your parenting style different from how your parents raised you? I have to raise my hand up and say, "Oh heck, yes." With uh, with my parents, I've got some stories I can swap with you guys, but we'd love to hear from you. Is your parenting style way different from the one that your parents used? They say there's a huge difference in your parenting style, depending on the age of your kids, if they're 16 or under or 30 and older. And Lauren, what have you seen in your life? So I have young kids. I have a seven-year-old and a two-year-old, and I tend to do more like my parents did, where I feel like you know work ethic is important, doing chores around the house, being disciplined more than mm-hmm. being a friend, and just that respect for elders. Those are kind of timeless qualities and characteristics that I want to instill in my kids, in my opinion. I knew it. I knew it. We'd have some p- listeners of the Kevin and Taylor show that do the old school stuff. Here's what parenting. I want to know. What, cool. what kind of chores do you have the two-year-old doing? <laughs> well, okay, she's not really there yet. She does have <laughs> the playroom. Um, but her, her older up. brother, we definitely hear from him a lot about how you know, he carries the brunt of the chores. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> she's getting a free ride around here <laughs> yeah, yeah we just have to remind him when he was her age that he got that same ride that's good oh you sound like a great mom lauren sure thanks for calling thank you love your show 
Hey, Andrea, we're talking about parenting styles, how different they are from when our parents were parenting. I know mine is way different. I got away with so much stuff with my parents. And my wife goes, that's why you're so suspicious of our kids, because you know. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. Exactly. But what about you? Is your parenting style uh, different so from your parents? I, yeah. So I feel like, um, for me, I feel like I'm an older mom. Like, I have a three-year-old, and I'm the oldest mom in the class for, like, my three-year-old when he goes to school. And my husband is a little younger than me, but I noticed a big difference between, like, the parenting style of the other parents in the class to me because I guess I'm just the older mom so I feel like I'm more like my mom and dad Hmm. but my husband is a little younger than me but he tends to be more of that well let's be the friend and let's let's talk through it and that kind of thing and I'm like no like pop them and send them into time out like that's not okay (laughs) so I just kind of feel like like I just kind of feel like there's one of the like I just feel like the age of the parent may affect that as well just because I guess as an older parent maybe I understand maybe how bad I was (laughs) and so I understand that maybe like Teaching them those ethics and those types of things are much more important than trying to be their friend. So, mm, yeah, good point. Well, thanks for calling. It sounds like you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Thank you so much. So, uh, Griff, our producer, is in with us right now. And, and Griff, you uh, you had another adventure with the kiddos. What's going on? We did. Yeah, the other day, my wife had to work, so it was just me and the kids. Mm-hmm. And I heard that a couple towns over, there's a cave Ooh. that just anyone can go walk into. Apparently. Really? Yeah. It's just me and the kids, you know, and like I'm a dad. We just grab their water bottles and hop in the car and go. Off you go. And uh, we get to the cave, and there's this old dude standing outside the cave smoking a cigarette. He asks, hey, you guys want to go in the cave? We're like, yeah. And he looks, you know, us up and down, and he's like, all right, that'll be $1 for all three of us. I'm like, <laughs> all right, here's your dollar. And he's like, go on in. I can't believe you had any cash on you, oh, first yeah. of all. <laughs> and uh, so we uh, walk into the cave, and it had just rained a little earlier. So it was kind of wet inside there, a little slippery, some mud. It's pretty cool. Like you're inside this cave. You can just walk in. My kids, my daughter Eloise was a little scared. Yeah. um, But Thatcher was all into it. There's just one part where you can walk up these stairs. It's really, really steep. And we got up there. Oh, my God. And then I realized, oh, no, we have to get down. And I have these There's two. probably no railing. No. I have these There's two no kids safety. with me. It's this place wet. Is not having it's kind of muddy. So I'm like, all right. Uh, and Thatcher's like, I'm going to do it. So he starts going for it. And, of course, he slips. Oh, no. He, was, no. he wasn't crying or anything, but he got pretty muddy. Like, he fell on his uh, backside <laughs> down a few stairs. Oh, boom, boom. Covered in mud. <laughs> so it all ends with us getting to the car, taking all the clothes off, and driving back home with no clothes on. Because, like I said, I didn't bring anything else. I'm a dad. I just brought some water bottles. So I show up back in the house. My wife's like, what happened? Both kids are in underwear. Well, I don't have naked children in my house. But we had an adventure. It was fun. <laughs> she did. Oh, we explored a cave. hilarious. I am so glad nobody got hurt. What happened? Was the guy still outside of the cave when you walked out? Or was yeah. he going to take his dollar and head to the he convenience store? He was still store? there. He was still there. Yeah, just hanging out. <laughs> I, see, I would have asked him, like, what happens if I don't give you a buck? I wonder if he's really official to the no. cave or just... <laughs> no, he's not. He's not official. Was there any tickets involved? Did he have no tickets. park ranger hat or anything? No, 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 no uniform. You're lucky you're here on half price day. Normally it's two bucks. <laughs> Who do you think takes more risks, men or women? Coming up, turns out it all starts with your brain waves. 
Who do you think takes more risks, men or women? Women. If you guessed men, you guessed right. Nope, it's women. It all has to do with how men's brains are wired. A studying guy's brains wave revealed men have a bigger appetite for risk and they tend to be more adventurous. Men are also more optimistic about the outcomes of the risks that they take. <laughs> what could go wrong? And uh, hormone <laughs> levels like testosterone play a role as well. And that's why it's nice when couples discuss things like risky financial things mm. together. Okay. Because the guy's going to be like, no, 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 this will be great. This will be great. And he's, he's optimistic about the outcome, too. I am still standing by my original thing. Women... Maybe not more risks, but they take the bigger risk. Really? Because at a very young age, there's a guy who's got very limited prospects, who who your your dad is telling you, mm, I don't know if he's the one. Mm, I don't know if he's the one. I just hope for so much better for you, honey. And yet we, you, you still plow forward saying, mm. he's the one, dad. That's a, that's a huge risk. Yes, it's a massive yeah. risk. You, it's you love. Roll the, it's roll love. the dice. On this guy, you mm-hmm. see you see the diamond in the rough. You see the, the seedling before it sprouts to the mighty oak that you're hoping and praying he will. Did That's Tracy's dad approve of you? Oh, he loved me. See? Well, so she's not a risk taker, <laughs> However, I, I do imagine what were the conversations like between my father and mother-in-law when Tracy said, I'm marrying him. And I didn't even have a full-time job in radio yet. And I'm like, radio's going to be my career. That's that's what I'm going to do. And Ooh. they must have just been like, okay, let's uh, let's fix up that basement because they're going to be moving back in real soon. <laughs> and we never did. Yay. But, but yes, and that's why I say women are bigger risk takers than men because they agree to marry guys like us. Don't answer this out loud, but think about it. Would you go shopping at a mall where a 12-foot snake was on the loose. <laughs> We're going to talk about that next. Would you go shopping at a mall where you knew a 12-foot python Ooh. was on the loose? I don't think so. <laughs> what if I told you that this Burmese python is not poisonous? No, I just, I, I hate <laughs> snakes. I can't describe snakes and clowns. I don't have room yeah. in my, my mental landscape for I, either I of knew them. that about you, so I thought you'd find this story Ooh. fascinating. Yeah, this... Uh, Kara is the name of this 12-foot Burmese python. And they had this like little tiny like enclosure for her at the mall. And somehow she went AWOL. And they kept, they closed the zoo, this little area in the mall, the blue zoo. But they kept the mall open. And they finally found her in the crawl space. (laughs) She was just enjoying her freedom, I guess. (laughs) Slithering through the mall. Searching for, for the, something good to eat. For the Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew you would flip out when you heard this story because you hate snakes so much. Ugh. Every once in a while when I'm trail running, I see one and I was like, whoo! And I jump over. I try to jump over it because yeah. I don't want to go through it, you know, or around. I if I go around, to, it could get me. I see them on the trail where I ride my bike. It's a paved surface, and when it gets hot, they like to, I guess, absorb the heat off of the concrete. That's how I learned to bunny hop on my bike, because I'm up on them so fast. It's like I don't have time to go around them, so I have to jump over them. And then you jump the back tire, too? Yeah, you just lift the whole bike up. That's quick thinking. I want to see that on video. (laughs) I could never. I'd like maybe get the front tire up, and then I'd smash the snake with my back tire. It's my cat-like reflexes. 
a gift. You seriously have to have your son film you doing that someday. Just doing a bunny hop? Over a snake. Any 12-year-old with a with a bike right now is going like, what's the big deal? I do every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate your admiration for my uh, bunny hopping skills on my road bike, but it's really... As much as I would like for it to be this difficult athletic maneuver that I had to work years to perfect, I'm telling you, it's not that hard. It's it's so simple. I can't believe I've been mountain biking for decades and but I don't know how to bunny hop. Doing a mountain bike and a it's road bike are two different things. For a mountain bike uh, is okay. way heavier, way heavier than a road bike. Like I would guarantee mm-hmm. your mountain bike is probably three times heavier than my road bike. So to do probably. it to do it on a mountain bike requires a lot more strength and in the moment. Mm. planning and dexterity whereas on a road bike it's i'm telling you it's like boom done i'm totally gonna youtube it and try to learn because i've got a road bike too as much as i would like to say you should try it next time you're on a road bike i know how accident prone you are (laughs) very that's probably why i've never learned a bunny hop maybe not yeah (laughs) maybe wait but if it would help me get over rocks and roots when i'm mountain biking mountain biking (laughs) right now i just have to power over them got your uh, insurance paid up yeah, I do. All right, then go for it. And I think you'll be okay. <laughs> Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.